up, everybody? We're back. Another R2C2. Another week. Man, I feel like I've been on vacation, bro. I haven't been home in, you know, longer than a day or two in, in the past two weeks, man. It's crazy. You ready to settle into a fall routine at the crib now? I am, man. I need, I just told Amber, I'm not, I'm about to get back on my diet shit. I'm about, I'm not, uh, I'm not going to cheat from now until Thanksgiving is my, uh, is my goal. No cheat meals. Zero. No cheat, no cheat meals until Thanksgiving. I like that, man. And and then you can go nuts at Thanksgiving. Yeah, because I was in Martha's Vineyard eating donuts and shit. I reverted to, you know, being the fat guy that I am. That I'll always be. You know, it is what it is. But um, I'll get back in the gym now. So it's good. Hey, man. Hey, it was, man. A, good, it was I, a good vacation. I don't see a fat guy. I see I see a middle linebacker ready to do damage. For sure. That's what, yeah. that's where, we, that's where we're headed. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's where that's we're headed. Right. Yo, I made, I made kind of a life change this week too, man. What's going I, on? I, I well, first of all, I cut the crap out of my head, shaving my head. I don't, you can't even really see this gash, but it's like, bam. That's not the life change, though. Um, the life change is, I decided, man. I realized how many f- hours I'm wasting on Twitter, and I was just like, I, like I realized, dude, I'm spending like I, I'm scrolling through, I'm reading these constant COVID articles. Something makes me feel great, and I've been on top of the science as a result, and I have been an informational source for people in my life. And when they're freaking out and I'm like, don't freak out. That's fear mongering. Yes. That's reasonable. You concerned about, no, that's not whatever. But I was just like, this keep me in the same emotional cycle. I get the dopamine drop, not to get too chemical on you, but it's, it's awful. And I'm wasting so much time that could be productive. So my new policy, and I'm a week into it and I've been strict on it. I only go on Twitter to send out my tweets about something like going on, or if something happens in a Yankee game, I feel like I should, whatever. And then I'm off. I don't read anything. Boom. That's it. I cannot tell you how much better my life has been this way. Yeah, man. I, I told you, bro. I erased that shit years ago. Oh, man. For, men- <laughs> for mental health, right? Like, Yeah, man. Oh, dude. And you know, I'm crazy, bro. Like, even me for Instagram sometimes, I can't even go on, like, my account that everybody can see. You know? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Like, the, the yeah. one that's public. Sometimes, a lot of times, I don't even get on that for, like, weeks at a time. You know? Yeah, man. It's just like, I just realized I'm wasting so much time. And I like to read. I like to listen to podcasts. I like to consume other things. And it's being cut out by me reading 19 different COVID articles and reading all my tweets and stuff. And I'm like, no, this th- everything will be all right in the end. We'll get there. And until then, I'm just going to goose frab on my way. And you know what? It, it must be a lot for you to even notice that. You know what I'm saying? For you to notice it, you must <laughs> yeah. be on your phone a fucking lot. Like, if, if it's if it's getting annoying for you, like, it's like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly, man. Exactly. <laughs> like, it, it, that's what it's like. It's like, I, I just, I was just like, oh, and you know what? It's given me a base of knowledge. And as I've gone through this, like, the way this has been covered by the mainstream media has frustrated me because- you know, you people don't deal in nuance, you know, and it's like, well, things could be really serious and, and you need to consider while also being able to shine a light on good news, you know, and, or like or, yeah, it's not, you know, it, it's not going to definitely kill you if you get it, or whatever it is. Right. But, yeah, you got to be careful. Yeah, you got to wear masks like there is that nuance. And and I just realized, like, especially in an election year when you got two sides using things politically, too, it's just like. For my own mental sanity, man, I was like, I got to detach, man. I know what I need to know scientifically at this moment in time. I know how to be safe. I know how to be careful. And I and I also know the things that you can do to still keep your sanity. So anyway, see, here I am on my soapbox just letting you know I made a change and I'm better off for it mentally. Yeah. And you know what's crazy? I haven't, I've, I've been the same way. Like, I, I had to get off the news and, you know, watching, yeah. the, you know, everything on the media, like, 
I just I just kind of like went neutral and, you know, been just baseball stuff and, you know, been on vacation, hanging with the kids and and just kind of staying away from anything that could like put me in a bad mood. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, like exact dude, I talk about this all the time and and some people will will think I'm being kind of woo-woo when I say this, but I truly believe like one of the things that can make the biggest impact in our world is when we spend more time kind of like on finding our own peace, right? Like, cause then you're in a better place to be empathetic and compassionate and to listen. And, and, you know, so when you spend that time, that's actually doing more good than reading a million articles about, you know, whatever, you know, negative things are happening, right? Like b- being able to find a place where you can like really listen to someone and find, you know, the ability to be compassionate or empathetic in your heart. Now give a shout out to Spotify, man. Not just because, we're with them now with the ringer. I sent to you and Sadie. I was all jazzed up the other day. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. Yeah, I was I was nerding on it, but they got this daily wellness playlist, man. It is fantastic. And they just kind of rope together snippets of some of their sort of meditative pods and then snippets of like different songs that are kind of soothing and like and it's they do it each day. It's fantastic, man. It like it helps put me in a good place. So I've been doing that too, which just feels good, man. Yeah, I might have to check that out. Check it out, man. It feels good. Anyway, we're we're on a very therapeutic beginning to this R two C two, man. I like yeah, it. Yeah, sometimes you got to do that, man. You know what I I'm saying? I agree. I agree, man. I agree. Look, we're two real dudes. Like you know, we 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 both are uh, we both are thinkers. It's important. Um, see, uh, how about uh, how about the Dodgers getting up in arms about Grisham with the game tying homer? I love the way he pimped that home run. That's a huge game. Padres chasing the Dodgers in the division race. You can't get mad at his emotion. I love that, man. You cannot you cannot make t-shirts to say, go get it out of the fucking ocean and then get mad when a guy tells you to go get it out of the fucking ocean. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't get it, man. Like, what do you guys want? That shit is entertaining. The Padres are so fucking entertaining. And the team that's always the best young entertaining team always takes the most bullshit. And I'm, like, tired of it. Are you guys like, going to let the kids play or not? Like, mm-hmm. fuck, man. The fans, we want to... We want this confrontation. Like, we want to see this shit. Like, I mean, I mean, and, and to be honest, you know, I love Dave Roberts, and I have a lot of respect for Dave Roberts. I've you know, known him pretty much, I mean, damn, since I was 18, 19 years old mm-hmm. um, now. But I feel like Kershaw and Bumgarner get the same amount of respect in the game. So if Mac Muncy could tell Ker- uh, Bumgarner to go get it out of the fucking ocean, then Grisham can do whatever the fuck he want when he hit a ball like that. Especially in a game like that where they're chasing you guys and, you know, looking like it's going to be a, a, a tight race down down the stretch. You know, it's yeah. a lot of fun to watch, man. Got me staying up late to watch these West Coast games, bro. Padres-Dodgers is outstanding, man. It, it, is. it is. Whoever thought that you would be saying that, right? The I Padres-Dodgers. And it seems like that's going to be for a long time. You got Mookie out there. You got Cody. You got Manny. You got Tatis. You know what I'm saying? So this is going to be... Uh, I think this is going to be a rivalry for a long time. We just we, like like we're watching the Yankees and the Rays kind of develop. Same shit. Amen, dude. See, I I'm so impressed with the season Luke Voigt is having. He, I mean, he's a legitimate MVP candidate this year. Yeah, he is, and, and you could just the, hear and everything that he talks about how he wants to get better. You know, getting better at defense, wanting to be a complete hitter, covering all zones. That's something that you don't hear from today's player. Because, like, you know, you'll hear me say, you can be good at only one thing in today's game, and they'll put you in the big leagues, and you'll have a job. If you can only hit, they'll find a spot for you. 
You know what I'm saying? If if, mm-hmm. if you only have a fastball, they they can figure it out. You throw you can pitch in the bullpen. So um, one dimensional players are are more and more in the game, and you know Lucas turned himself into a complete player and an MVP candidate. And you know you'll get to hear his thought process and and how this is you know kind of unfolded for him. Now we recorded this Tuesday afternoon, and of course Luke with the R two C two bump went out hit two more home runs to take the outright major league lead in homers and help the Yankees to a 20-6 to win. That's the R2-C2 bump. That's what we deliver. So, you know, we didn't talk to him about that particular game. We were just helping guide him to that particular performance. But we did have such a great conversation with Luke about the way he was vocal about the Yankees when they were struggling in recent days, how he kind of came out, you know, calling out the team talked about just the different planes of hitting and how you hit to the opposite field. Really cool stuff on the art of hitting with Luke. Talking about adjusting to this season, playing with no fans, how he feels about a playoff bubble, and also what really motivated his improved defense. I think you guys are going to be really interested with that. Look, Luke is an amazing dude. You guys are going to love every aspect of listening to him. And he's an MVP candidate this season. So without further ado, here is Yankees first baseman Luke Voigt on R2C2. Who y'all got tonight? Toronto? I mean, uh, I keep saying Buffalo. I call him Buffalo now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Toronto, man. Big series tonight. Big series. Three, right? It's three games. And then y'all go on the road? Yeah, we go to Boston for the first time this year, which is crazy. That's awesome. We, Fuck that. Who wants to go to that <laughs> shithole? No, no, I agree. It's just, it's just crazy. Yeah. I mean, come on. And then we now, got you know, uh, Buffalo again for four. Oh, shit. We got seven games against them, which is huge because, I mean, I think we're a half game back of them right now. So we we need to get it going. We got all the boys lined up. We got Debbie, Garrett, and Masa going these three games. So it'll be big. Man, Debbie's been huge, man. Huge. Huge. I mean, he's Dude, his got, demeanor out there has been awesome, man. That's what that's all Not they that's all they ever talked about. Yeah, yeah, I mean, and that's what you got to have, and that's what Sevy had when he first came up too. You know what I'm saying? Like you could tell he was going to be really good. Yeah, because I mean, he'll like sit 92, but when he wants it, he can bump it up to like 95, and like it surprises guys. So it's he's been good, man. So I'm excited for him, and then we and we're getting the boys back finally. So our lineup's getting back to what it should be. So it'll be good. Hell yeah! Is uh is Devi only comfortable with Kratzy, or is he like good with with Higgy and uh, Santi too? No, he threw a Gary last time and did good. He went like five or six innings. So, okay, I think that just helped him with his first couple stars. But I mean, I, I don't mind Kratzy back there with him because I know he kind of treats him like a father son relationship. So, yeah, when you're younger and you got like that older guy, especially somebody that you like, like would you caught that caught you in AAA or like in AA or whatever, and you yeah. can get that guy in the big leagues, like that shit could help you out, especially just this first year. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, no man. I mean, and we need him tonight. So I don't know. I, uh, we, I think Taiwan's going for them, so it'll be a good game tonight. And you know, Luke, we just we just dive right in. We'll put the intro and outro on later, but uh, we'll just dive right in right now, man. So here we go. You ready? You good? Fuck yeah, let's go. I thought we were already going. Maybe we were. That's up to you. He you just, want that on the pod? He just restarted us. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I feel like today I'm repping for... Um, you know, I, I'm repping for you, Luke, with my Luke Voigt, may the four bags be with you shirt uh, with your lightsaber oh, yeah. bat, Roto wear. Yeah. Oh, by the way, 
I'm so proud of Rotoware. They got this officially licensed deal now with the MLBPA. Kenny, our guy over there, after I feel like, you know, see, he actually was asking me for your new size because with all the weight you've lost, yeah. like because and he thanked us because of like pumping them up last year. But you guys, I feel like last year your your clubhouse was sponsored by Rotoware with all your t-shirts. Man, it was it, it was. was all BP. It was every day. Like that's all we wore. I mean, even sometimes like travel, you see guys wearing like some of the shirts underneath the sweatsuits and stuff. You know what I'm saying? Guys love them. I mean, dude, I feel like guys wear them throughout the off season too. I mean, even like spring training guys are still wearing the ones from last year. Whether it was like the sock man, well, I don't know, like that. It was all of them. I mean, you're wearing the yogi one. I mean, it's yeah. a lot of them. You know what's crazy is I go in like waves. Like I'll go. Three weeks straight wearing a like a Rotoware or Yogi t shirt uh, every day, and then I won't wear it for like a month. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> but like for the last four days straight, I've had on the Yogi t shirt. <laughs> I feel like my quarantine was sponsored by soft t shirts. Like that's all I wore for four months or however long it was. You know. If they start making cutoff shirts, then I'll start wearing them too because that's all I usually wear. So. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, when when quarantine happened in spring training, what'd you do? Did you go home or did you stay down in Tampa for a little while? Like, I know you lost a bunch of weight and obviously look great, but like, how, how, what was the plan? Well, dude, I mean, we had a team meeting, you know, right when all this shit was started to happen and kind of Tampa was coming to hotspot and we were trying to stay, but then like, it just kept getting worse and worse. And probably like four or five days later, you know, me and my wife decided just to drive back and just be at home. Because they were closing down the facilities, you know, and then that minor leaguer got it. So they closed down the other side. So it was kind of a shit show down there. So most of the guys just decided to leave. I think like six or seven guys stayed, but most of those guys had places down there. So, um, but yeah, it was nice. First time I've been home literally since I was in high school for spring, you know, obviously with traveling and stuff and being in college and minor league. So it was kind of nice, um, but really weird. And I'm sure you guys have experienced it the first time too. So. <laughs> Um, I tried, uh, tried going for best yard in the neighborhood, man. That was like my goal for the fucking quarantine. So. <laughs> well, what First were you doing with your yard? Oh, was that what? Yeah. Yeah. I put up, we put in like three trees. We put in some new bushes, just cutting the grass. We, uh, uh, did the mulch. Um, I don't nice. know, man. It's just a lot of random shit. Um, I caught a mole. <laughs> like a trap <trapped laughs> <in> mole. <laughs> uh, so yeah, good old uh, Missouri boy back and being a redneck. So did you catch it with your bare hands? No, no you had a trap. No, you got no sure. trap. I don't know, man. I'm just like I'm picturing you, Luke. You like this manly <laughs> dude out there running around catching moles with your hands, man. Dude, they're disgusting, man. They're gross looking. If you look them up on Google, bro, it's just. Ugh. I'm gonna look I'm good on that. Now. Yeah, I gotta look it up too. I n- I yeah. never really like we never really oh. looked at one. But, did but you Luke, did you could you lift while you were during that time, or would you have like a gym at the crib? Or yeah, the, the trainer I trained with in the off season, like he let me um, he let me use his gym. I mean, he's like a like a you know kind of like a father figure to me, older brother kind of figure, and he let him and his family still work out there because he had to do all this stuff through Zoom. So yeah. I feel for a lot of the people that are struggling right now going through this stuff. I mean, this thing is a pain in the ass, but. Um, yeah, I was able to do everything I needed to do. And then once I started, you know, kind of when we knew that we were going to play again, I probably took a month off from hitting just because, you know, I didn't think we were going to play for a while. And once we kind of knew we were going to get that that date for July, I probably started picking it up at the end of May and then had like a month worth of, you know, hitting in the cage and shit and getting ready to go. So I felt really good going into summer camp. So, And like C said, you look good, Luke. I mean, did you... 
was there any other gains that you got physically during the quarantine period that maybe you wouldn't have had the chance to? You look good in spring training too, but was there sort of an you know an additional period where you were able to get to a place physically you may not have otherwise been able to get to? Well, I saw C's picture and I was like, damn, I gotta fucking get going. So. <laughs> That's right, man. That's right. He started taking. I, I texted him, and he sent me the stuff he's taking. So I mean, nah, I got on the. I'm just that's kidding. For sure, that's what I'm saying. No <laughs> <laughs> Yo, he does. He looks like a bodybuilder nah, now. Doesn't you know what's he? crazy though? This is the first time, like you said though, that I was home for this long, like period of time, and there was literally nothing to do. Like nobody was asking me to go to dinner. I what? There was no hoop game to go to. There was nothing to interrupt. Like. Me just really concentrating and locking in on my diet. Like, I got a small gym, in, like, down here that I was working out in. But it was really just, like, changing everything that I ate. Like, really top to bottom. Like, I started off on that keto shit. And that's when I was, uh, I saw you guys down in at spring training. And I, I hadn't really, my, like, I hadn't really got any muscle or anything. I had lost just lost a bunch of weight. And I remember the last time when I lost a bunch of weight, I was all, like, skinny and shit. So I was like, nah, I gotta, I gotta switch it up. So change the diet up and... You know, started lifting like I'm going to the beach, and and uh, yeah. everything changed. <laughs> Look good, play good, bro. Come on now. You know me. I lift. I lift too much. I get yelled at. Um, but yeah, man, I I just really, really got strict, and I got I get lucky with you know my wife Tori being an unbelievable cook, and she's super healthy and clean too, and um, just added a lot more cardio to my workouts. Um, and uh, you know, I kind of eased a little bit on the drinking, <laughs> a little bit, but once. <laughs> But once season starts, you know, those 0 for 4s, you need a couple of cocktails after a game. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> um, just, I don't know, just being really smart and, you know, really cut it to like three meals a day. I, I feel like when I was bigger, I was like snacking a lot and I really making these like, you know, my, my breakfast is, you know, set time, so is lunch and so is dinner and not having late night snacks. And just that's the stuff where I think that extra 10 to 15 pounds can add on so quick or just you can maintain it with the you know, eating late and, you know, obviously drinking too. So it, it, it's just being smart, man. And I wanted to be a little bit leaner and quicker at first base. And I think it's helped a lot this year. So that's paying dividends for me for sure. You've been eating after the games or nah? So I'll eat, like I eat breakfast at home. Like, let's say I ate like a probably like 11. Um, and then I'll eat before the game and then I'll eat post game. And that's it. So those are like my three meals and like no snack. And the only thing I'll have is I'll, I'll Drew will make me like a shake after I work out. So it kind of holds me over. You're talking about the, you know, the defense and moving around, Luke. And and even by, like, to the eye, you've looked better at first. And the metrics are bearing out nicely for you at first this year, too. How do you feel defensively over there? And how much of a point of emphasis was that for you going into this season? Well, something I took in the off season, um, before spring training and, you know, working with Mendy a lot, uh, during spring training, it's just, I knew that I, you know, I was getting sick and tired of getting fucking pulled out of the game in the eighth inning, man. It shit pissed me off. Um, and I, uh, I wanted to prove that I'm a, not just a freaking hitter that I can play defense on both sides of the baseball. I mean, you look at all the, you know, like Freddie Freeman, Matt Olson, you know, Joey Votto, like the best first baseman in baseball, they're literally, you know, perfect they have one gold gloves too and that's something obviously you know it'd be a great accomplishment to get but i want to be known just for my as good as my offense my defense too so it's something i took to heart and um yeah like i said i just fucking pissed off that you know i kept getting taken out of the games late 
You know what's crazy? I mean, that's a credit to you because in today's game, you can be you can just be good at one thing and, and stay in the big leagues. You know what I'm saying? Like you can just for be sure. a hitter and they'll figure it out for you. Or you can just really, you know, play defense and they'll figure it out back. When I first came up, you had to be able to do everything. So, you know, you being able to take that serious and really turning that shit around is dope. That's awesome, bro. Well, and, you know, shout out to Clint Frazier, too, because he did the same thing. And now he's our mm-hmm. starting left fielder. So I, it's, uh, it's, it's awesome what his turnarounds have been doing, too, because I think that dude's obviously a big league player. And he's been kind of getting screwed around a little bit over the last three years. So uh, shout out to him for doing the same thing. And, you know, he's going to be a big bat for us. And, you know, he's finally something we can rely on in the outfield, which is great. So, you know, give days off for G and Judgy. So. Yeah, for sure. The ball go up, and I and I'm and I'm not nervous anymore. I used to be like, "Holy shit!" Just catch the ball. <laughs> now he's no. out there fucking diving, and it's great. He's diving all over the place and shit, throwing the ball to the right bases. Looks good. <laughs> what well, red know, rocket? He's, he's fast, and he's an athlete, right? So he, sh- you'd think like, okay, he could put it together out there. Yeah, Luke, you're right though, man. It's been amazing to see his transformation in the outfield. And that's the what he's saying, like. He's making the right throws. He's not overthrowing bases. Like, you know, if he's if not a play at the plate, he throws the, you know, make sure the guy doesn't advance the second. Like, just the small shit that in the long run helps you win baseball games. And he's doing a really good job. And, you know, I give Reggie a lot of credit, but he's been out there working his butt off during BP to, you know, get better at this stuff. So it's good. Yeah. Reggie Willits, who works with Clint Frazier. You know, Luke, I, it's interesting, man. You've always been one of our favorites on R2C2. And you know how much C and I love you personally as well. But I can even sense, even though you've always been this awesome dude, correct me if I'm wrong, but I can sense that you now know how good you are in the big leagues, right? Like, you, it took a while for you to get your opportunity. You did at the end of 18. You killed it. Then in 19, I think people forget, before you got hurt in London, you had a 900 OPS. I mean, you were having a great year before you got hurt in London. Then the end of the year, obviously was not good, but you were never healthy. You come back this year, and you're playing like an MVP. You are an MVP candidate right now. Has it sunk into you, and is there a different level of confidence that you have now and a different sense of belonging? Um, I, I mean, yeah, obviously going through, like, the Greg Bird stuff, and, you know, it was always annoying, like, you know, not – not like knocking him, but just always having that competition. Like, it's like, when am I just going to know that I have the job at first base? And, yeah. you know, then I finally get it. And then spring training rolls around again and there's more talks. And then, you know, Mike Ford did a great job last year. And it's just like, like, what the hell? Like, you know, when am I just going to finally just, they're going to pencil me in and be the first baseman. But you know what? Um, I've always worked my ass off and I'm always going to keep working my ass off and I'm always going to try to get better in every single way. And, you know, that'll never stop until you know the day I you know, hang up my cleats. So, um, you know, obviously the confidence is huge in baseball and, you know, if you don't have any confidence, you'll fail at the same hundred percent. So it's nice to have that confidence from your teammates and um, your coaches to trust you and to know that, you know, whenever you need a big situation, you're going to come through. And I think Booney has done that for me. And um, I don't know. I just, I don't want to get content because I think when guys get content, that's when, you know, shit fucking hits the fan and I'll never be like that. So I'm just going to keep showing up and put my lunch pail and get after, um, get after their ass every day. And, and, and uh, you know, like, like I said, to your credit, I mean, it's hard to be a Yankee, man, especially when you're young, because like yeah. when you, you know, at the end of 18 or even, you know, at the end of 18, going through all that Greg Bird stuff, if you were somewhere else, you'd have started first base with no problem. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But like, it's here. We got to win. Like everything's going on. So 
it's literally like whoever's going to play the best is going to play, especially when oh, you're yeah. young. And so, like, if, you get, if you're in another one, that you get to go somewhere and get a chance to be a free agent, come here as a big free agent, it's your job. You know what I'm saying? Like, so that's why I always, I always felt like it's always harder to be a Yankee, especially as a younger player trying to break through because they make you prove yourself over and over and over again. There's always yep. somebody else there until you can really do what you're kind of doing and separate yourself and, and kind of take that over. But that's hard to do, man. Yeah. And, and like, I mean, look at Greg, I mean, he had a huge home run off Andrew Miller. And so like a lot of, and you know, he was a huge, I think he was just the biggest prospect as judgy coming up. So everybody knew who he was and um, people were rooting for him. And, you know, I, I, I hope he gets healthy again and can, you know, play in the boobies again. But um, yeah, I mean, I obviously wanted to win that job more than anything in the world. So I, you know, I just, you know, took it, man. <laughs> That's all I want to do is take it, be the first baseman. So. You know, I also, Luke, I, the other, I was doing um, pre and post game on Yes this whole week in the studio, and uh, you guys were going through a tough stretch. You know, you had lost 15 of 20. You had lost five in a row. And when you lost that second game to the Blue Jays, I thought you were actually probably the player who made the most poignant comments. Afterwards, you talked about like, hey, a bunch of us need to get it together in the clubhouse or pick it up, whatever your terminology was. You said, right now, it's embarrassing. You said, you know, we're not scaring people like the Yankees usually do. And I thought, wow, you know, I kind of like the way you spoke. I thought you were reflecting sort of the emotions of the times well. And it felt like a leadership thing. Well, since that moment and on the time we're recording this, as you go into a big series with the Blue Jays, you've won five straight. You know, what was kind of your thought process in stepping up and, and being sort of a vocal leader in that moment? I'm surprised I didn't say fuck like six times when I was going to that fucking. <laughs> I don't know. It's just something I, I was pissed off. Um, you know, we were like five and 15 down the, like for like a two week stretch or whatever. And like pitching was terrible. Hitting was terrible. We weren't hitting with runners on guys are making pitches to get out of innings and we're fucking losing every, like we couldn't win. A, I don't think we won a big game, like blowout fashion until we beat Baltimore the other day. Like every game was like, two to one or three to two like we could not like or we like lost like six to one like we could not like just get over the hump and I, I i had to say something like i was just mentally like exhausted we just losing i hate losing and we just like we had no confidence and it was like a dead quiet you know uh dugout constantly and i feel like it was the right time to finally say something and um i'm glad i didn't and, you know it's obviously i think paid a little dividends for us on this whole streak and um you know, we needed it. You know, I think we needed a kick in the ass for sure. Yeah, y'all definitely needed it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like like you, I, I, like I said, I, I I was like three words away from saying "fuck." It's a fucking embarrassment, bullshit. Like <laughs> I, I was, I was pretty heated, man. Because we are good enough, and especially a lot of the guys that we have in this clubhouse did great last year. And obviously, some of the guys are struggling right now. But I mean, you got to pick it up, man. I mean. Not every. I know you're not going to have a great game every day, but you know we needed like a a, come, a guy to come out in the mound and throw like seven strong, no earned runs, or like a you know a guy on the bottom of the line that played every day, like hit like a you know two run double or something, and you just couldn't get nothing. And I was terrible too. I was one for fourteen against Baltimore the series before that. So I mean, it everybody was just terrible, like it. And I get it, but I also think it's going to make our team a little bit stronger because we went through a shit stretch. So we know what it, what it feels like and, you know, that we're going to have to figure out ways to grind to wins. And, um, you know, those, those big spots are going to have to come through for us when we need to. I think for sure it just gives you like a little sense of urgency. Like, 
I mean, it don't matter how talented you are. Like, if you don't have that little bit of sense of like, oh shit, we we could. Like, I mean, we you go like we knew like going out to the field like we gonna whoop somebody ass today. But there's a little slight little chance that that you got to play hard. You know what I'm saying? You got to run everything out. You got to play hard. You got to make pitches. You can't take shit for granted. I don't give a fuck if you're playing Baltimore, Miami, the Boston, whoever else you're playing. Like, you got, got to go out there and play hard every day. So I think sometimes when when the roster is as talented as ours is all the time, you lose that sense of urgency a lot, you know? Well, yeah, and I think a lot of guys, too, are, like, step, trying to step up and be a bigger role than they actually are. And I and I think guys just struggle with it. Um, I, and, I, and, and you know what? We ran into Baltimore and Toronto, too, who are, like, teams that are – they have a chance to fucking make the playoffs. Um, Yo, Toronto can hit, bro. For real. It's like, they, they can really swing it. And and they got Bo back, too, now. I mean, um, these are the... I mean, it's the first time these guys, like... Obviously, they're all both young teams, but they haven't made the playoffs in a long time, and they have a chance to do it. So, it's it's a it's different year, man. I mean, literally, I feel like we haven't had, like, a, a, like a day off, like, in the last, like, month because of all the doubleheaders we've been playing. And just, like, every game is, like like... You know, Intense. it's like a winner go home game. Like it's yeah. it's crazy. Like with the amount of pitching changes and and guys coming in like the fifth inning to pitch it because it's a you know matchup thing. It's it's crazy, bro. It's um this season's been really weird and it's been hard. It's hard, bro. Seriously, been a pain in the ass. These, these play like eight double headers, man. It sucks, dude. Yeah, but, I can hey, I can only imagine. Excuse, man. Got to find a way to get the fucking W at the end of the day. You know. And and this is where like this is Ryan. This is where like Yankee Stadium needs to be rocking tonight. You know what mm, I'm saying? Yeah. Like all these young motherfuckers coming in here. Like they Hell need yeah. to feel. They need to feel the Bronx tonight. Like this would have been a huge game. Like if Hell the fans yeah, could be awesome. there. And then and then yeah, that's our home field advantage. You know what I'm saying? Like when yeah, you come yeah. in here, you come in here when it's a big game. You come in here in April is different when coming in here in September when it's a big game and the fucking stadium's rocking. It's a little cold outside. It's a different fucking feeling. Yeah, not them will be the show playing in the background. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Luke, what has been the biggest tangible part you feel during the games when it comes to not having fans? Like, how does that affect you actually on the field? What does it feel like? I, um, I would say home runs, man. Home runs suck. Like, no, okay, don't suck. They're awesome. <laughs> like, we have 16 like, of them, Luke, so I hope they don't suck too much. <laughs> no, that's the worst part. Like, the stadium is supposed to be rocking. You hit a two-run homer to take the lead, and it's like you you literally just hear yourself running, like, running around the bases. Or maybe someone that dug out, like, you know, like, fuck yeah, or whatever. So home runs are the weirdest part. Or, like, a game when he hit, like, you know, hitting a, a walk-off or something like that, too. It's just, I mean, you can't even like celebrate it. It's weird, man. It, the whole thing's just weird. But like the big moments, even like when a pitcher like punches someone out to like, you know, end the inning, bases loaded. It's, there's nothing. I mean, they're only excitement yeah. from like the guys in the dugout, and that's that's it. It's it's weird, dude. I was saying like it being so quiet, like you know me, like in the dugout, bro. I would start a lot of fights, like my chirping, because Hixie, <laughs> Hixie was over here last night. He was playing the simulator. He was like, dude, like you can hear everything, and I know me sitting on that fucking water cooler just yelling. I would have been tossed up from a bunch of games and probably started a bunch of fights by now. Like <laughs> for sure, for sure. <laughs> I had no doubt in my mind about that, Luke. How about the um, you know, with the different protocols in place and whatnot? Are you still able to have a 
cohesive feel as a team? Is there still that feeling of camaraderie as a unit for you guys? Oh yeah, that part's still fine. Um, obviously, like we have to sit six feet apart. We're like eating, and like all of our lockers are super spread out. But you know, we win the when we win a game, we still do the belt, um, which is a big camaraderie part. You know, guys are still in the train room talking shit, in the weight room talking shit. So it's still <laughs> it's still good, man. I mean, the bus rides are are a little bit different because there's only like seventeen or eighteen people on each bus. We have like four buses, so we don't have you know, like the fun stuff we used to do on the bus. Um, but I mean, the, 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 maybe the one good thing is like, I mean, we can't go out to dinner or whatever or to leave the hotel, but we still have like this huge room to where we can like, you know, they have like video games set up and like arcades, shit like that. To where like guys are still like, you know, eating and hanging out and, you know, to where, you know, we usually you go out to dinner with maybe a, a buddy on our team or like your family's in town or something like that. So, it's still staying close and guys are, you know, hanging out, playing video games and shit together. So it's still good. Yeah, I was going to ask I'm you about the room. Good. Yeah, about eating downstairs at the hotel because that makes a big difference. I know every team doesn't do that. So, like, you guys being able to have that room and, like, you know, have food and being able to get out of your hotel. Because, like you said, sometimes those are the 4 4s you get stuck in a fucking rut, man, and it's just horrible for mental health. You know what I'm saying? For sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, all you go, all you can do is go back to you and look, look at your phone or, like, watch it sucks. Yeah. Where you could, you know, get your mind off and go do something else. But um, luckily, it's only 60 games, not 162. (laughs) (laughs) You know, along those lines, Luke, I mean, because it's a shortened season, do you feel a different urgency game in, game out? Like when you guys were going through that stretch that you were, normally there'd be this feeling of, well, this is a obviously a crappy stretch, but look at how many games you have left, you know, and look at the way you started. But in this case, it felt at least from the outside like there was a different level of panic because, whoa, there's only X number of games left. Are you feeling that, the weight of each game knowing it's such a shortened season? Uh, yeah, we definitely were on that losing streak. But I think once we you know, swept Baltimore and kind of pushed them you know, from the wayside of getting that last spot, uh, which is huge for us. And then I think the biggest part, it's just we get in – AJ and G and, and medium G back. So I, yeah. I it's, <laughs> it's, it's going to be huge for us. Cause um, you know, we finally have those guys that are, you know, all-star, you know, potential players that we need in our lineup to, you know, get us some big knocks. And, you know, I mean, um, I think it was really tough on all, our lineup, just trying to get, grind through it and trying to win these three or two games. I mean, it's, I, I, we're playing like four and a four and a half hour games, man. I mean, we're playing long games because of, you know, the, the matchups everybody's playing. I mean, it's, it's, dude, it's, it's been a grind. I mean, once you're done with these games, you're, you're exhausted. Um, but you know what? Fuck it. It's, we only got 13 games left. So we got to do, yeah, we got to do what you got to do to win the game. And that's all that matters. You know, we're here to win. Yeah. I think last year, like we took so many blows with our lineup last year, but like the, I always felt like the one person, like we never lost that they, that you guys had last year, this year that went out was DJ. DJ yeah. missing games. Like, DJ can't miss no games, bro. Like, no. and he wants to be in there. You know what I'm saying? But, like, when he's in the lineup, it just makes everybody so much. It makes the the way you got to go about pitching the lineup, it, it just changes everything. So, you know, last year we had him all year, and I think that's why I think that's why we didn't miss a beat. And I think that's why you guys struggled, you know, losing him for so long this year. Shit, I was fucking leading off for a couple games. <laughs> 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 
Oh, what man. was that like? Yeah. Swinging at the first pitch of the game. Oh, fucking awesome, bro. <laughs> I tell you what, I only got one heater from, I think Snell threw me heater. Um, everybody else threw me fucking off speed, bro. <laughs> you know what? You know what? I, I could never bring myself to throw the first pitch of the game off speed, so I would have just threw you a ball and then threw a backdoor slider. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. You know what? This is it. So a couple Twitter questions actually sort of tie into what we're talking about. Um, Stefan Lemon uh, asks, where do you see yourself batting in the order once uh, Aaron Judge and Giancarlo return? Um, I think it'll be Deeds, Judge, me, Stanton, uh, Hicks, Glaber, Geo, or Gary, Geo. And then I guess, or no, Frazier, Frazier, Gary, Geo. I like that. You got it. You got it down, man. This is the skipper right here. Yeah, Very no, that's nice. a good lineup too. That is, that's a yeah. deep lineup right there. I mean, that's a big difference when you get those horses back. For sure. And I don't, it doesn't really matter. Um, where I don't think it really matters where any of the guys hit. Um, but it's a scary lineup, and uh, I'm excited to finally get these guys back so they get, you know, 40, 50 at-bats before, you know, the postseason starts, which will be – no one wants to play us, even if we're the four or five seed or the eight seed. No one wants to play the Yankees, nah. especially when we're healthy. So um, I'm excited, man. Um, just got to hope everybody, you know, stays healthy for these next two weeks. And, you know, I, you know, a big one that I like, too, that we're getting back is the wise ago. Um, I, I think he's going to be a huge part for our bullpen. And even in the playoffs, I think he could be a guy that could be an opener for us, maybe two or three innings. So um, that'll be big, too. Yeah, he'll definitely be big. I mean, not even if, you know, opening. I think just, you know, two, three innings in a big in a big spot, you know, him being able to come yeah. in and bridge to get to, you know, the back end, I think it's going to be huge for sure. Yeah. I just hope you guys can get to, like, you know, a four seat so we can, so you guys can be at home. You yeah, for sure. No, that's the goal. Um, yeah. You know, if we take care of business this week, we'll, we'll be, you know, I think we, we can go like 11 and three or 10 and four or fucking 12 and two, whatever. I think we'll, we'll get that four, four spot. Yeah. R2C2 is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. By now, you've probably heard about FanDuel Sportsbook's world-class sports betting app. FanDuel makes it easy to find and place your bets. They've got some of the best odds you will find anywhere, and they even give you your winnings in as little as 24 hours. That's a lot of reasons to try FanDuel Sportsbook, but here's more. Right now, new users can place their first bet on FanDuel Sportsbook risk-free and get up to $1,000 back in-site credit if you don't win. Seriously, there's no strings attached. Just place any bet you want. If you win, you keep the cash. If you lose, you'll get your entire bet up to $1,000 back in site credit. Really, that's like a ridiculous deal. Now, if you look at this coming week's games, Buffalo minus five and a half against Miami. I like the Bills and, and haven't consulted with my co-host, CeCe Sabathia. He likes the Bills in that game as well. Bills can do it on both sides of the ball. They look pretty good against the Jets, although the Jets did look terrible. And Miami, eh, we don't really know what Miami is yet, right? So I like Buffalo minus five and a half. Giants plus six against the Bears. If you look at the Giants, I know the Bears were able to eke things out. If you look at the Giants against Pittsburgh, who well, Pittsburgh could be a double-digit win team this year. The Giants are maybe one bad decision from Danny Dimes away from having a legit shot at beating Pittsburgh on Monday Night Football. They're getting six. I don't think the Giants are the same 
poor team they've been over the last couple of seasons. I like them getting the points. I actually like them to win that game outright. And then the Saints minus five and a half against the Raiders. Look, see, we consulted with him as well. He sees his Raiders. He knows what kind of team. Yes, they beat Carolina, but they gave up 30 to Carolina. All right? They gave up 30. So what are they going to give up to the Saints? I like the Saints plus the Saints minus the five and a half points, but I also like it as part of FanDuel's football double up. Their FanDuel football double up always on promotion, which is available to all customers. All you got to do, place a pregame money line wager, and if your team scores 35 plus points, you double your winnings. Max bonus, $50 in site credit, one eligible wager per person. So for this game, I'll pick the Saints. Saints money line, and to score 35 points, I like that after seeing the Raiders giving up 30 to Carolina. If you're ready to bet on the NFL this football season, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Be sure to sign up with the promo code R2C2 so they know that we sent you. Look, you love the pod, right? And we love that you love the pod, and we love you. So why not sign up for FanDuel with the promo code R2C2? 21 plus and present in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, West Virginia, Indiana, or Colorado. First online real money wager only. Site credit is non-withdrawable and expires in seven days. Restrictions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in West Virginia. Visit www.1800gambler.net. In Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Or in Colorado, call 1-800-522-4700. You just brought up DJ. I want to ask you about the playoff bubble stuff too, but the other day, DJ was asked about you. And one of the first things he mentioned was your ability to hit the ball the other way and how you've always had the ability to hit the ball the other way. And I think one of the things that C and I maybe have even enjoyed more than we thought, I think for you, C, is like sometimes when guys nerd out on specific things like within their sport, like when we were talking with Glass now, right? And he's like diving into certain specifics with pitching. And and even the other day when we were talking to Karis LeVert, he's talking about the mid-range game. And like the specifics, it's just cool to hear. And I'm wondering for you, what do you think? And you can be as detailed as you want, Luke, but like, what's the key to being a good opposite field hitter? Um, letting the ball travel so you can get full extension on a baseball. Um, like when you talk about, I'm all about bat pass. And whenever I'm staying through the zone as long as possible with my bat, I know that's the farther and farther I'm going to hit it and the harder and harder I'm going to hit it. Whenever I'm snapping out of that, that's when I'm top spinning balls or hitting ground balls. So I'm all about staying behind the baseball for as long as possible. And, you know, I always, when I was like in high school and in college, I always hit the ball the other way. I, I really didn't learn how to pull a baseball until I was in the minor leagues. Um, but it's, it's one of those things where I've always looked to go the other way, no matter what, like even if, because when I first came up, guys stayed away from me. And then once they found out I had the power to, you know, hit that pitch away, to the opposite field, center field, everybody started pounding me in. And so I had to adjust as a player. And then I had to learn how to hit the inside pitch a lot better. And then they started going up. And so then, you know, I started struggling because guys would just keep constantly feeding me up. So then me and PJ went in the cage and I just constantly started hitting heaters up in the zone. So where I was getting my bat pass on that correct plane, to, instead of like popping it up or hitting underneath it to where I'm shooting balls still to right field. And, you know, now it's, I, I think I've accomplished all that. So, um, guys, I don't want to say they don't know what to throw me because guys are going to still fucking strike me out. I'm going to get out. Um, but I feel like I've like, there's not one way you can get me out. Like you, you know what I mean? Like I've accomplished all the zones. So, I mean, 
Um, I just, I want to be a full hitter. Um, and you know, I'm always thinking to take fastballs to right field and then you hang me a breaking ball. I'm going to hit it 450 feet to left center. So, I mean, that's just my philosophy on it. So man, listening to what you just explained, and I hope that this don't sound horrible, but this is, that's what a Gary was when he first came up. Like he first came up and he hit balls 900 feet to right field. And he mm-hmm, could always yeah. hit the ball in the right center gap and always hit, you know what I'm saying? And then he just, he hit a couple of balls in left field and just started launching. And now he just tries to launch. But I always felt like his power is like yours. Like yeah. just hit the ball in the seats over there. Cause he could all the time. And it's so easy to like, you hit a ball that good to left field. You just want to keep doing it. It's so easy especially when you get off. But that's when you start getting around heaters and you're missing pitches. Like, I feel like even some of these balls, like he's lining out to left field, like he should be hitting them into the stand. But he's mm-hmm. he's he's coming out of his, I don't know, I, we can get into old baseball, but it's just, I, I think he's trying to do too much now and he's just getting out. He's not being who he is. And I mean, he's swinging the bat like 150 miles an hour too, man. Uh, but I'm not worried about Gary. Gary will be all right. So, yeah, uh, he will, Kraken, for sure. The Kraken will come, come back around. you know it's fascinating just hearing you talk about that and it's true see i'm wondering from your perspective when you're facing a dude who you know has that kind of power the other way how much harder does it make it for you when you're on the mound yeah it makes it it makes it a lot harder and especially like younger guys because for me i would always try to like just challenge to see like i remember that uh that kid michael franco when he was when he came up with the phillies and larry was like man don't throw that dude two seamers away like He's got some power to right field. I'm like, man, fuck that. I'm about to throw this dude a two-seamer away. And he hit that shit in the upper deck in right field. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> so my stupid ass, like, you tell me, like, what a guy's strength was, and I would always try to get him out that way. You know what I'm saying? So I, I was I was stupid that way. So um, so it, it always hurt me that when I when I would face guys that could that could shoot me to right field. You know what I'm saying? It, it was always a problem for me. Well, nowadays, dude, I mean, I literally, I feel like I get pitched differently by every team, man. Um, and I think a lot of teams do fall into, you know, sequences of how they pitch guys. Like, I know we, we're going to play Baltimore, not Baltimore, Toronto Day, and they throw me a fuck ton of off speed. But we just played Baltimore, and all they did was throw me fucking heaters up. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's weird, man. There's a lot of analytical stuff that go into it, and um, I don't know. You just got to be ready for anything, man. You got to do your homework, bro. Is it team by team, or is it like, is it is it pitcher by pitcher, or is it like most of the time a team will throw you a certain way, like relievers and everything? Yeah, I'd say a team. Like I like literally got, um, I probably saw probably seventy five percent breaking balls from Toronto or Buffalo last time we played them in that three game series. Yeah, after that, after you hit that because you you took that first one deep, it was the first pitch of the series. You you see, you yeah. ain't getting no more heaters for me either. Fuck that. <laughs> they didn't throw me one heater inside after that, bro. No. <laughs> Just change out some sliders away, bro. <laughs> he wasn't even expecting you to swing at that, dog. No. He wasn't ready for you to swing. You Like, guys, like, you don't expect power hitters to be, I mean, even if it's Judge, whoever it is, you don't expect them to be ready first pitch of in at bat. Like, you know, if you hit in second. You just don't, I mean, that's just, you just don't expect them to be ready to, to turn on that shit and hit it 900 feet. Well, I mean, I'm always obviously going to be ready. You guys know I'm an aggressive hitter, but dude, I mean, your objective is to get fucking strike one, right? So fuck that. If you hate me something or you throw me a fucking cookie, I'm fucking letting it eat. Yeah. <laughs> I never understood. I never understood why guys took that first pitch. Like let you just throw a fastball. Joe Maurer, like I face him all the time and he would just let me throw a fastball right down the middle. I'm like, what? Like, 
And I would like one. Yeah, like, and now I'm just throwing you sliders for the rest of the fucking day. Like, you're not getting another heater. It's just crazy. Yep. I don't know, dude. I mean, but then that worked for Joe Ma. I mean, that guy's probably a Hall of Famer and fucking hit 300 his whole fucking career. It's weird, man. Baseball is a different creature, man. There's a lot of different, there's a lot of different ways to get it done. And that's why it's a beautiful game, too. We definitely want to ask you about the playoff bubble. uh, But, Let's go through a few of these social media questions because there's some fun ones here. Um, Steve uh, Brudinski, Big Steve 89 on Twitter, in case you want to follow him. Uh, he says, would you be a fullback or a tight end on a triple threat option team like Army football if you weren't playing baseball? Fullback. Whoa. I, played, fullback. I played fullback in, um, in, in high school. Well, I don't... Tight end in the triple option, you, you fucking block the whole time. You don't fucking get to catch any ball. So fuck that. Just be the fullback and just bully people. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. This is an interesting question. Speaking of like hitting specifics, Justin Oletzi, uh, Justin High Rise on Twitter says, I'm fascinated by Luke's hand positioning on the bat. He overlaps his left pointer finger over his right pinky. When and why did he start doing this? It seems to be working pretty well. Yeah, I started doing it when I was in the minors. Uh, we had a George Greer, who was a longtime hitting coach of the Mets, who was one of our minor league hitting coaches. And he, he like, I lay the bat in, like, the tip of my finger. So, like, I hold the bat, like, super weird like that. Yeah, that's um, strange, man. It. And so, like, he said, all your, he said, if you grip it too tight, you're going to lose all your power. So, it's like just like a relaxed hand grip. It's almost like a golf grip um, without me interlocking my fingers. But. Um, it's something that he taught to a bunch of guys when, like a long time ago at the Mets and it always just worked for me because I just snapped my wrist. That's all I hit. I mean, instead of having to use my, my body just takes over after that. So, um, yeah, I probably started doing it in like 2015 and I, I've never gotten away from it. I started hitting with it and I was like, well, you gotta keep it now. So, so it was one of those things where, you know, as a hitter, you always got to be open-minded to certain things and it could be drills, you know, what a coach says to you. But, you know, you got to take things in, try it. If you don't fucking like it, don't fucking do it. But if you if you like it, fucking run with it. Why not? I mean, you got to be open-minded with, with anything. And um, there's been a, plenty of things that I've hated and a lot of things that I've liked and for it, you know, has gotten me to what uh, into a, such a great routine now that, you know, made me a good, you know, big league hitter. Man, that's the quote of the century right there, what, what you just explained. You're going to run into so many people, so many different coaches. Try it all. Try all of that yep. shit. Whatever applies to you, keep it. Whatever, whatever, don't throw that shit out. A lot of it can work for you though, and yep. and help you unlock and figure out some shit for sure. Yep, the game's still six. The fucking bases are still the same. The the, the mound distance is still the same. Everything's still the fucking same. Uh, the only thing that's different, everybody fucking throws a hundred now. But, but try <laughs> shit, man. <laughs> for sure. Uh, this question from Owen Moeller: If you could only choose one to keep between Missouri barbecue. And New York Italian food, which one would it be? Missouri barbecue. It's going homegrown. How about you, C? That's that's uh, way too you know, I'm going barbecue, cuz. Ooh, I'll go New York Italian. I got to. I'm, I'm going Gates barbecue <laughs> all day, bro, for the win. That's a lot of good barbecue. I'm going my own damn barbecue. I got some good barbecue. <laughs> uh, you, you're good on the grill, Luke? Love it, dude. Oh, yeah. Got to do a lot of that during quarantine? Oh yeah, I smoked some chicken. I smoked turkey. I smoked fish. 
um, grilled oh, yeah. steak I bites. Oh, yeah, I seen you smoke a whole day. fucking turkey. It was like Thanksgiving. I seen that on your Instagram that one day. Yeah, I did it in like, uh, I was at the grocery store and I was like, you oh, know, fuck it. I'm going to fucking smoke a turkey. <laughs> <laughs> fucking lasted for like a week worth of food. And my wife loves turkey sandwiches. So she made that fucking, I don't know. That's just tea. And I made gumbo from it too. Nice. Ooh, nice. Nice. When when we you know get to the other side of this, um, as you called it, pain in the ass pandemic, uh, Luke. Um, I, I think we need to do a, a a barbecue day where me and C get to taste test the different Luke Voigt chef items. That's fine. I just <laughs> I actually just bought a I just bought a place in in Florida. So you guys will come down to my spring train. I'll make some uh, I'll make some heat food. Nice. Hell yeah, man. That's a Hell bet yeah. for sure. How about playing in a bubble in the playoffs, Luke? Um, you know, we're recording on Tuesday afternoon. It was um, just reported by Ken Rosenthal that there's been an agreement between the Players Association and the league to have the playoffs in the bubble after that first round uh, moving forward. Um, what's your thoughts on that, obviously, as someone who hopes to be you know, playing through the World Series? Um, it, it sucks. I mean, like, for like these, like, we're literally moving out of our apartment like in the next couple of days. My wife's taking my car back because like she wants to stay and she has to quarantine now at the hotel. So she has to be in the hotel for a certain amount of days. And like it like you just no one can be with their families. And it's hard to like, you know, for like, you know, guys like Britain and like half and, you know, guys that have like three or four kids that are all younger for you don't want to put all those kids in a hotel. So, I mean, a lot of these guys don't have their wives and you know, maybe parents like that come to these games or can be with them. So it's, it, it sucks, man. Um, but I, I get it. I don't know. I mean, I guess it's just, it's so no one, there's no breakouts. We're not playing double headers. I get it. So that way we can just cruise through the playoffs and, you know, a month and it's over. So I, I get it. And you know what? It's only a month. So, you know, it's not that bad because we're going to be in it for a fucking month. Yeah, that's rough, though, to not be able to be have your family. And I know a lot of guys, like, because you guys go on the road and everybody's got to quarantine, you guys come back, and it'll be season's over. So it's like, yeah. man, that, that, you got to make the decision now. Like, who wants to move out of their apartment now and figure out all of that shit this homestand? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it just makes it, uh, it's, a, it's another just fucking hassle that you guys have to deal with along with trying to play a fucking big game tonight. You know what I'm saying? It just makes it tough. Yep. I would not want to be Ben right now. That much. Man, I would never want to be Ben. By the way, fuck that. I, I don't want that job guys, I, I, ever. For for our audience wondering who Ben is, Ben is Ben Tulibitz, the Yankees traveling secretary, who who's an amazing dude and has to deal with the juggling of all this. Like, oh, yeah. I can't even imagine. Um, yeah. Shout out to Ben, love him. He also knows great 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 restaurants in the city. Speaking of New York Italian, Ben knows the good spots, man. In, in every city, not just every in this city. city. You're right. You're Everywhere, right. bro. What are you talking about? Cincinnati. I, go, I hit city. London. I hit wherever. I'm hitting Ben and asking him where to go. That's true. Hey, you know what? I'm surprised we haven't, you know, we haven't had to bring up my man boobs again on this episode. You know, that was like such a, that was like <laughs> the most memorable R2C2 moment ever. You were part of that last time. Oh, no, that was 1000% the most memorable fucking moment <laughs> of this podcast. That was, we were crying laughing. <laughs> oh I was crying, guys. Yeah. You know what the worst part is? That was in person, and now we're doing this shit on fucking Zoom. <laughs> now we're oh, fucking man. Zoom. We should be at the stadium yeah. right now, dog. I know. Yeah. <laughs> should be at the stadium. I, I could be, you know, 
I, I could be talking about the before and after photos from my breast reduction Could've surgery. Say, yeah. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. If you have those, I definitely yeah. want to see those. Oh, my God. <laughs> they're, they're going up on the Where personal Instagram. That would be awesome. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, I, I remember walking into the clubhouse the next day. And for anyone who didn't hear our previous episode with Luke Foy, <laughs> somehow, naturally... <laughs> I don't know. I think we were talking about shirts and skins, and I was talking about why I didn't want to be him in high school, and it was because <laughs> I had breast tissue, and then I had to have gynecomastia surgery what and get rid of the breast tissue. And, and, dude, it's like it's like a, a high percentage Somebody of young males. This, no, I'm telling you. Google it. It's an oddly uh, high percentage of young men. I don't want to really Google is. that shit. I know. I don't know. I know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know anybody that ever had yeah. that thing, bro. Yeah. No. 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 Google it. Google it right now. Get some images up there. You got to check this yeah. out more. But like, oh my but, god. But yeah. Like, and so we ended up just talking about it, and we just could not stop laughing, man. And I remember that even, shit had me crying, uh, bro. Going into the clubhouse the next day, and some of the guys being like. So I, I hear it was an interesting R2C2. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. We ran right back into the clubhouse and told the story because yeah. I couldn't believe that shit. <laughs> I love it. Man, I got to say, like, uh, uh, Luke, I'm sure you miss Cece much more than you miss me in there. But I just, I, I miss being around you guys, like being in the For clubhouse sure. every no, day, that feel, you know? Like, I, I absolutely miss that. By the way, how about this? Physiological gynecomastia develops in up to 70% of adolescent boys. No fucking Boom. chance. No Boom. chance. 70%. No, yeah. 70% my ass. Get the fuck yeah. out of here. <laughs> There's right. no yeah. fucking That's chance, right. bro. Fucking sabermetric stat right there. Yeah, you know man. what? I, I could have had it. I was just fucking fat. So, I, I mean, I had man boobs. I could have <laughs> had the shit, too, though. <laughs> yeah. You wouldn't know. There's nothing... There's I'm nothing gonna, more I want to do than just stare at dudes' boobs all day and look that shit up. <laughs> I'm going to be, Luke, Luke, I'm going to be sending Google images on a group chat with me and you and C now. Oh, That's what I'm going to be doing. Hey, yeah. Luke. Delete your number after that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, I, I'm, I'm so happy for you, man. I, I know we both are. The, the season you're having, you are a legitimate MVP candidate. Keep grinding. Just love your blue collar the way you get after it, man, and 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 keep this winning streak going. Go get it, and and hopefully we're talking about a, a championship and having you back on in a few weeks here. Oh yeah, man. Um, I appreciate you guys. I love having you guys on. It's a fucking great time. You guys are doing awesome. Um, I listen to you guys, and you guys have other guys on too. So it's a lot of fun. You guys are killing it too. And um, let's fucking go, man. I think we got a real chance to fucking win this thing and um, get after it. We got a victory game series this week, so let's go. Yeah, man. Good luck, bro. I'll be down there uh, probably tomorrow. Good luck. All right, man. I'll see you then. Well, see, I, Luke is he's incredible. One of my favorite guests. I, I just thought he was so interesting and insightful. Yeah, man. Luke is a lot of fun. And, and you know, just me knowing him as a teammate, you know, he came in, you know, fit right in right away and you know, now he's taking on that leadership role and, you know, it's nice to see him kind of, you know, filling into what he sees himself, you know, being. So, uh, you know, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch these guys down the stretch. Well, make sure you guys follow R2C2 on Spotify. Remember, we're part of the Ringer Podcast now, uh, Ringer Podcast Network. You guys can um, download, rate, review, subscribe, wherever you get your podcast. Make sure you're following on Spotify and new episodes every Thursday. So uh, until then, peace. Peace.